all feeling? Good, good. Well, I've got something to give you guys before I even start. It's a little small gift, like really small, so small it would fit in my small pocket. You know, nobody knows what these are for, right? Do you, if you guys know, tell me. But you know what it is for? For keys. Cheats. What? No. Okay. You guys know. You tell me after. But what I do know it's for it's for this little puzzle piece. So I have my service host coming down the front right now, and they're going to pass around some buckets. And I want each of you guys to take a puzzle piece, just one, out of this bucket, and then pass it on, and then hang on to it for the rest of the message. You guys can do that? Yeah? Okay, so those are going to go around right now as I put this back into my little pocket that you guys know what it's for. I don't know. Are you guys feeling good this morning? Yes? Have you guys enjoyed Legacy so far? We had part one two weeks ago with Frosty, all about Caleb, who had a different spirit. And then last week was part two. Do you guys remember what last week was about? You don't remember the names, though, do you? Good job, Jehoshaba and Jehoiada break the cycle, Nyla knew. And I am so excited to bring you guys part three today. So if you want to take notes, we have a few paper notes at the back. If you want to go old school and use those notes, our host can bring them to you. Or you can jump onto our app and the notes will be there. But I want to know, is anybody in the room a fan of superhero movies? A few people? Now I'm not going to divide y'all between DC and Marvel. You guys know where your allegiance lies, and we're not going to start a fight up in church this morning. But doesn't matter if it's DC or Marvel, you guys will be able to make the same conclusion that almost every single superhero movie in the existence of time is named after the one hero, right? It's named Spider-Man or Superman, Wonder Woman. It's all named after the one hero, but there's not always just one hero in the movie, right? Because sometimes those superheroes have sidekicks, and those sidekicks help them to achieve the victory. And sometimes there's these extras that kind of drift into the background, but these extras actually help to shape the legacy that that hero left behind. So we know about the protagonist, but have we paid attention to all of the extras? You know, we find that the same thing happens in history. When I say the name William Wilberforce, many of you will associate... <laughs> She knows. Many of you will associate that name with the abolition of slavery in Britain. But what if I say Thomas Clarkson? Because Thomas Clarkson is actually the guy who brought that cause to Wilberforce. He's the one that instigated the whole cause. Wilberforce is just the one that actually made it happen. Or what about Sir Edmund Hillary? We're standing on top of a library that is named after Sir Edmund Hillary. And word on the street is that he was actually born and raised in the Papakota district. So... We get to claim him. But Sir Edmund Hillary, we know that he was the first to summit the mountain. But what about Tenzing Norgay? Have you heard of him? Because Tenzing Norgay was Hillary's partner, and he came up just a few feet behind Hillary. In fact, they ended up on this expedition together because Norgay had actually saved Hillary from a deathly fall on a different climb. So Hillary knew he could trust this guy. But while Hillary was being knighted by the queen, Norgay just got a little honorary medal. That, that's not fair. 
they were together. But the same plays out in the Bible too. You know, we've heard of people like King David or a few weeks ago, Shermaine preached about Gideon, different warriors that were conquering different armies. And we know about Moses who led God's people to freedom. Or maybe you've heard about Noah who built the ark and saved the people as the flood came through. Or Paul who spread the gospel on all of his different missionary journeys. We've heard about many of these heroes in the Bible. But have you heard about a woman named J.L.? J.L. was this stay-at-home mom who actually all of a sudden found herself in a position where the enemy was hiding out in her tent, and she killed him by hammering a tent peg through his head. Legend. <laughs> or what about, you know, maybe you've heard about Moses' older brother and his sidekick, Aaron. But did you know that there was also a guy named Hur, H-U-R? See, in the moment when Moses' arms were being held up, we know that Aaron was holding one arm, but Hur was the other one holding the other arm so that Israel could prevail over the Amalekites. These, these people are not as well known as their famous comrades or their hero counterparts, but I think we can all agree that they played a significant role in history. And they played a significant and important role in that protagonist's life or that hero's life. But I'm wondering how many people in the room as we talk about this series called Legacy and we're talking about all of these heroes that we read about in the Bible, and you're sitting there thinking, you know what, I'm just a sidekick. Like, I'm just an extra in somebody else's story. I don't know how I could ever make a difference in this world. Some of us, some of us in the room don't even think we should be the main character in our own story. And so I've got a message for y'all called the extraordinary extras. All right? The extraordinary extras. And I want to talk to you today and let you know that while you may sometimes feel insignificant, you actually have a significant part to play so significant. In fact, we're going to base our story today around Exodus chapter 1 and a little bit into chapter 2. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. But we, we learn that Joseph, who is also a legend in and of himself, he was an Israelite who found himself to be the prime minister over Egypt, but he died along with all of his brothers and his generation. But in this time, the Israelites have been very fruitful and they've multiplied quite a lot. And this new king steps into power, and he starts to worry that the Israelites are outnumbering him. In fact, there's, there's so many Israelites now that they're going to overpower him. And so he decides, well, i got to control this somehow. And he starts to oppress them by forcing them into slave labor. But we read that the more they were oppressed, the more they just multiplied. And so all of a sudden, there's so many Israelites, and the king is thinking, man, I need to manage this spread. And as we read last week... The Old Testament is the Wild West, y'all. Like, people can get ruthless. And so this king comes to these two midwives in Exodus chapter 1, verse 15. That's where I'm starting. And he says to these two Hebrew midwives, the first whose name was Shipra, and the second whose name was Pua. He said, when you help the Hebrew women give birth, observe them as they deliver. And if the child is a son, kill him. But if it's a daughter, she may live. Now the midwives, however, feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt told them. They let the boys live. I love this. Her fear of God is greater than her fear of the king for both of them. And so the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and was like, hey, 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 why have you done this and let these boys live? I told y'all to kill them. And the midwives said to Pharaoh, look, these Hebrew women aren't like Egyptian women. They're, they're vigorous. And they give birth before we even get there. So... <laughs> 
they just pushed this off again. And so it says, God was good to the midwives. And the people continued to multiply and became very numerous. And the midwives feared God, and he gave them families. And then Pharaoh was like, okay, these midwives, they're not on my team. They're not helping. So he sends out this decree, and he says, you must throw every son born to the Hebrews into the Nile, but let every daughter live. And so everybody knows this, that all of the sons are about to be killed. That brings us to chapter 2, where we meet this couple who gets pregnant, and they give birth to a son. It says, when the mom saw that he was beautiful... She hid him for three months. So she kept him secret, but she realized she could no longer hide him. And so she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch. She placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. I love this mom. She's like, you told me to put him in the Nile, but you didn't say I couldn't use a basket. Um, So she puts her baby in this basket into the Nile. And then his sister, the baby's sister, stands at a distance in order to see what's going to happen to him. And then Pharaoh's daughter comes along. She goes down to bathe at the Nile with her servant girls along the riverbank. And she notices this basket. And she sends one of her servant girls to go get it, brings it forward, opens it, and realizes there's this little boy crying. And she felt sorry for him, saying, this is one of the Hebrew boys. And then his sister, the baby sister, who's hiding near the river, watching her little brother in this basket, and she speaks up. She goes, um, should I go and call a Hebrew woman who is nursing to nurse the boy for you? Like, that is bold, y'all. So she steps up and says, yeah, it is a Hebrew. Do you want me to get a Hebrew to nurse it? I'm going to go get my mom. You know, <laughs> like, that's her plan. And Pharaoh's daughter's like, okay, yeah, go. So the girl went. And called the boy's mother, and then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse him for me, and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the boy and nursed him, and when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she named him Moses. This is Moses' origin story. He is one of the very well-known biblical heroes in history. He's the one that led Israel to freedom out of the Egyptian slavery. And he is usually the star of the show. If we saw a movie about the Exodus, Moses would be the star of the show. And oftentimes when we read Exodus, our attention is drawn to Moses, this incredible leader. But what we need to realize is that Moses would have never even had a story to tell if it weren't for these extraordinary extras that played a role in giving him his big break, that actually played a role in him even having a life worth living. Now, these passages of Scripture were also written at a time in Jewish history when women were often hidden in the background or they were unnamed They seemed a little insignificant, and men were pushed out towards the front. But all of a sudden, here in these verses in Exodus, we kind of see this role reversal. And it's easy for us to just read past this and skip on to Moses' story. But here in this moment, five women stepped into the spotlight and took center stage. They were the extraordinary extras shaping history. Now, the first two women that we met were the midwives, midwives that actually made a move that was a bit of political defiance against Pharaoh. And they said, no, we actually fear God more than we fear you. And so they protected an entire generation of boys, not even realizing they were protecting the boy who was actually going to lead them all to freedom. So those are the first two women. And then we meet the mother. Her name is Jochebed, and she gives birth to this son, and she calls him beautiful, and she knows In her spirit, man, this son is significant. I can't just kill him. 
And so she hides him for three months, but then realizes she can't keep hiding a three-month-old boy. And so she's like, okay, I've got to put him actually into the Nile, but I'm going to find a loophole here. And she puts him into the Nile in a basket to protect him. Now, this takes incredible faith, incredible faith in God to say, okay, God, I'm trusting you with this, and I'm giving you my son. Would you protect him? This is massive. But you kind of get this feeling in this moment that she knows that this boy is special and that God has his hand on this boy's life. And then the fourth woman we meet is Miriam, Moses' older sister. And at the time, we don't know her age specifically in the text, but different scholars believe that she could be anywhere from 5 to 13 years old. That's a young little girl who is now watching her baby brother being put into a basket, drifting down the Nile, and she's the one who is standing guard watching, hoping that God will come through. And she's the one that speaks up and has this clever little plan to get her own mom to nurse her own baby. Like, this is amazing. So she's young. And then our final woman is Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter in this moment discovers the crying baby and decides to adopt him, defying the wishes of her dad. Her dad is the one who wanted all of the babies to be killed. And she's like, well, I found one of them and I don't want this one to be killed. Not realizing that in her stepping up to adopt this son, she was actually going to raise the boy who would one day stand in defiance to her father and say, let my people go. Like this is massive. All of these women have incredible parts in Moses' story. They were the extraordinary extras that made these small little moves that added into this entire bigger picture. And when I look at these women, it's kind of like different pieces of the puzzle that were in just the right place at just the right time in order to shape a larger story, a story of redemption and liberation for a nation. And I gave you guys each a puzzle piece. Shermaine, did you even know I was giving out puzzle pieces today? And here she is up here talking about puzzle pieces, what God is saying to her. So I know God's hand is on this message. You don't even know what this message is about, but just wait. You already gave him a taste. Um, but I gave each of you guys a puzzle piece because I want you to hang on to this for the duration of this message, but even going forward as a reminder of this message and of this story and what it represents. And the first thing that you need to know is that you have a part to play. You have a part to play. Now, I think we can all agree that one of the most frustrating things in life is a puzzle missing a piece, right? Has anybody ever put a puzzle together and you realize after hours of work that there's a piece missing? Frustrating. There was this one time when Frosty and I were doing a puzzle together, one of those waskage puzzles, which was a brain melt in the first place. And Frosty thought he was going to have this clever little evil idea to hide a piece until the end to frustrate me so that he could place the final piece. Thank goodness he didn't follow through with his evil plan because that might have really messed up our marriage. But... <laughs> But when a puzzle is missing a piece, it does not look the way it should, right? We can all agree. When a puzzle is missing a piece, it doesn't give you the full picture of what it's supposed to become. And can I tell you that each of you are a piece of the puzzle? 
Every single person sitting in this room, you are a piece of the puzzle, and you're a part of this picture that God is telling here in Papakura. And we can't finish the picture without every single piece. We can't finish the picture without your piece. And the truth is, without you adding in your gifts and your personality and your strength and even your idiosyncrasies, everything that makes you you, without you adding all of that in, your company, your love, your sense of humor, if you don't add that in, then a piece will always be missing. A piece will always be missing from the puzzle. And here's the thing. For most of us, we don't always find the right spot on the first try. Think about when you do a puzzle. Now, aside from the corner pieces, you got a 25% chance with those. But with every other piece, you got to put it down, turn it, turn it, try it over here, turn it, try to figure out where the best fit is until you find that perfectly designed spot that was designed just for this piece. And can I tell you today, even if you don't feel like you fit yet, it's probably because you just haven't found your spot yet. It's just probably because you haven't found the place that you were designed for. It doesn't mean that you're not part of the bigger picture. And I know that in life, you can easily go through life thinking that you're a little bit misplaced or displaced or out of place, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't have a place for you. You just haven't found your place yet. And that is one of the main reasons why we run Growth Track here is because we so believe that every single person in the room is a part of the bigger picture, and it is our job and our honor to help you try and find your place based on exactly who you are and how God has designed you to be. You have a part to play, and your part is more important than you think it is. It's more important than you think it is. Now, many moons ago, I used to be a dancer, and there was this important audition coming up, and just five days before the audition, I woke up with a pain like no other. See, leading up to this audition, I was doing everything I possibly could to train, to exercise, to work on my solo routine, do extra fitness, to increase my stamina. And I woke up one morning, five days out from the audition, with this stiffness in my arm that I hadn't felt before. And there was this constant dull pain from my right shoulder all the way down to my wrist. And it was this pain where I realized my arm was locked in place, like legit locked in place. I could not move it past this motion. It was so painful, but it was in the middle of the night and I knew that I just needed to wait until the morning to, to get to the doctor to figure out what went wrong. But it was so painful. And I laid there the whole night just waiting for the sun to rise. And when the sun rose, I was like, okay, I just got to get up and get dressed with one arm, and it was so hard. Y'all need to try that when you go home. Try it tomorrow morning. Try to get dressed with one arm. If you're used to having two, it's very difficult, especially when you got a dead weight on one side and you're trying to get a shirt over that. And then, then I tried to do my makeup with my left hand. And Shermaine saw me right with my left hand the other day. It was atrocious. And so here I am trying to do my mascara with my left hand because I can't get this one up. I even tried to be like... I was trying to do everything I could to get my right hand close to my face, and it just would not work. Turns out I had severely pulled a tendon in my arm, and it just needed several days rest to actually come back. But what I noticed in those few days when I didn't have my arm, as I realized how much I really liked using my right arm. And I realized how much I really missed using my right hand because my left hand was a little bit incompetent. And I, and I realized how significant one part of the body was, and when one part wasn't working, when one part was essentially missing, the rest of my body was suffering. 
and it made a huge difference in my life. Can I tell you, with a puzzle, it doesn't matter what piece it is. It doesn't matter if it's an edge piece or a middle piece, part of the clouds or part of the grass. If it's missing, it looks different. Every single piece is significant. Every single piece is part of the complete picture. And so with one missing, it's still incomplete. You know, I, when I look at these women in this story, I don't know if they realized how significant their roles were. They probably felt like extras in Moses' story. And they didn't realize that their extra bits were actually extraordinary. Think about when the midwives started to go against the king's orders and they feared God. And they're like, no, we're not going to kill him. Yeah, you said too, but we're not. Um, Do you think they realized the significance not just in protecting all of those kids, but they protected a baby boy that would actually lead them to freedom? Do you think the mother realized the significance in putting her baby in a basket? Or did did the sister realize the significance in going and actually speaking up to Pharaoh's daughter? Or did Pharaoh's daughter even realize the significance of the baby boy that she was about to adopt? I wonder if any of us realize that our act for one could actually impact an entire nation or an entire generation. I wonder if we realize when we play that extraordinary extra in somebody else's story, if what we're doing is actually impacting a future nation and a future generation. Your part is more significant than you think it is. Keys can join me now. The final thought is this. Your part is different too, but connected to others. Your part is different too, but it's connected to others. Now, has anybody ever been in a school play or a musical? Just a few people. Okay, let me tell you about my experience. So there was this one time. In high school, I had never been in the school play or the musicals before. I was not a trained actor, Alish is, but I was not. I was not a trained singer, but all of my friends were in the drama club, and they were all going to be in this musical. And they're like, it's our senior year, Darcy. We should do it together. And I'm like, okay. So I go to the audition, and I give it everything I've got, y'all. And then I secured a spot with the chorus girls. We were the extras. And I was so excited. I was going to give it everything I had. See, the extras, the chorus girls, we were like those girls in this musical. By the way, the musical was Oklahoma because it was our 100-year anniversary of Oklahoma becoming a state. Yes, my state has a musical. Not every state does, but Oklahoma does. And the hit song from that state, you know it, don't you? Yeah, you can visit Carrie if you want him to sing it to you. But that became our state song. Yes, we have a state song. Anyways, I'm in the musical, and we were the extras, you know, that we'd be in kind of almost every scene, but adding flavor to every scene, adding a bit of flair. If we, like, (laughs) laugh at, you know, their jokes, and um, we're adding extras. We are the girls. We are the girls that do all of the dance numbers. And, y'all, I can can my way all over that stage. That's as high as my jeans will go this morning. I can can my way all over that stage. I even had one line. And y'all, I remember my line was on this side of the stage. I don't remember what it was, but I milked that line for all it was worth. And it was in a Southern accent because we were in the musical, Oklahoma. And I, and I made my parts. And let me tell you, I was an extra, but I was an extraordinary extra. That musical, that musical would not have been the same without my song and dance back in the background, you know. And let me tell you, I was not one of the lead actors. And that's probably a good thing they didn't put me up there. I was not one of the lead actors. I was different to them, but I was connected to them. And the story would not have been the same without all of the extras 
making every scene flow together. You know, it's okay to be an extraordinary extra. Even think about the way an assembly line works. You know, assembly line, basically how it works is there's all these different stations and something happens at every single station. They do their part, it gets passed on to the next one, they do their part, and then eventually you've got this finished product. Well, what would happen if old mate Tiffany at station number three decides it's time for a coffee break or she just pulls a sick day or she thinks, well, nobody knows my, my name, nobody knows if I'm even there, and she decides to just not come in that day? All of a sudden, Tiffany's role would be very glaringly, obviously, missing. Because when she is missing, she is missed. When she is missing, she is missed. Some of you need to be reminded today that your part is unique to you, but it is dependent on the others around you. It's even what Shermaine was saying earlier. We are all connected to each other. And the stories we have that God has weaved within us, other people in this room need to hear them because our parts are different, but we are all connected. Each piece in this room is different, but they all fit together. And each piece needs each other. They cannot complete it alone. So if you are missing here on a Sunday, we miss you. You are so missed. For those that are listening on the podcast because maybe they're sick today or maybe they didn't feel like coming to church today, we miss you. But when you're missing, you are so missed. This picture cannot be completed without you here. And when you step onto the dream team here, do you realize that you're part of a much bigger picture? I love that Wesley and and Daisy came up to celebrate today because they've stepped onto the dream team for the first time today. And they've now added their piece of the puzzle to this greater picture. And that's so beautiful. You know, we believe that we are a church that exists to see lost people saved to see lost people found. And one of the primary ways we do that is through Sunday services. And that means if there is a lost person in our community, we're not done yet. If there is still a lost person in this community, we're not done. And we're gonna keep growing. And we're gonna keep adding seats as we're in the habit of doing to make room for more people. But too many of us on a bad day will wake up and we'll look in the mirror and say, oh, I'm just, oh, I've just got this gift in fact, I was having a chat the other day, and at the end of July, in Growth Track, we had just talked about our gifts and personalities, and I was going around asking people what their gifts were, and I was talking to this amazing woman, and she said, well, I got two of the boring ones, craftsmanship and administration. And I was like, those are two of the greatest ones. We need those. In fact, that sound booth at the back was built by two craftsmen, one of which is Brody, who leads worship here on a Sunday. That geometric coffee bar in the cafe was built by two craftsmen, Indy and LJ, who just got married in that cafe yesterday. Do you guys remember Christmas, how magical it looked, all of the white and gold decorations? The woman who was saying that her gift of craftsmanship is boring is the very woman who made those with her sister and made this such a magical place. Craftsmanship is not boring, it is magical. And admin, oh my gosh, y'all, if we didn't have the gift of admin in this church, it would be messy and unorganized and chaotic, and y'all wouldn't enjoy it. We need the admin people. So never say, oh, I'm just welcoming people on the door. Because door greeter, without you, that person who was searching for God and wanted to know if he was real might not have received that warm welcome that they needed that day. Never say, I'm just holding a sign in the car park. Because sign holder, without you, The girl that needed to know that she could belong here might have never actually stepped foot in the door if she didn't actually see your warm smile down in the car park first. Never say, oh, I'm just hanging out with the kids because kids leaders, 
Without you, parents could not come in here and actually engage with God and hear what God is saying to them. Never say, well, I'm just pushing buttons on the graphics computer. Because graphics person, without you, we'd all be singing a different song. And we wouldn't know where to find the scriptures. We need you. I want you to know, if you are missing here on a Sunday, you are missed. I want you to know that you actually have a piece that's part of a bigger picture. That's part of this picture, and your piece is so much more important than you think it is. And your part might be different to those sitting next to you, but it's connected. And if we could all come together and find our fit, then this beautiful picture that God saw for our church would actually become a reality. We are the extraordinary extras in each other's stories. And y'all, it is my honor to be an extra in your story. And I hope that you can see that same honor for the people that are sitting around you. We're all connected. It's that unity that Shermaine was talking about. And that is so significant. Church, let me pray for you.